0: was really funny like we thought we sounded awful but the joy that it brought to people it was startling to me so we we're like okay that was so fun and we'll be better tomorrow let's go back tomorrow
1: Welcome to the Gig Boss Podcast, where musicians go to learn how to navigate the new music economy. My name's Adam Meckler, and it's my mission to get you the tools to have a thriving career in music. And to that end, today, we've got Wayne Tucker on the show. Now, Wayne's done stuff like play with Taylor Swift and tour with Eric Hutchinson and all kinds of incredible stuff. He plays with Brass Against. He's got his own band. But... What I really love about Wayne is that he is not just a trumpet player, he's not just a piano player, he's not just a violinist, he's not just a vocalist or a songwriter, he's all of those things, and his music really incorporates all of those things, so we dig a little bit into his music, but one of the really beautiful things we talk about is his experience during the pandemic playing out in uh, the park in New York City and how transformative that experience was on him and the community there. It's a beautiful story. I think you're going to love it. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Wayne Tucker. So how's it going, man?
0: Man, just typical uh, trumpet player life, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like after really digging into your music, I don't know if I would call you a typical trumpet player
0: yeah yeah i don't think of myself that way but i guess just lately i've just been you know bopping around doing different gigs
1: yeah cool i, yeah. I saw you uh first i don't know if you remember meeting me do you remember yeah, meeting me of course i do at it dakota? was in the dakota yeah yeah i think yeah. i met um, your wife
0: and then she was like oh my husband's a trumpet player
1: yeah yeah totally and yeah. We, we really dug your your playing and so i was like man we got to go back there and meet them uh yeah thank that's great you. man it was uh it was a fun performance are you still Plain, okay, I can't, I can't pronounce her name. What's her? How, how do I pronounce it? I'll be her an,
0: name I'll be honest with you. The proper way to pronounce it, I can't really do it. Yeah. So I just call her surreal, like yeah. S u r r e a l. But uh, surreal, yeah. Yeah, but really, it's like surreal. It's like some other surreal.
1: Yeah, surreal, yeah, surreal yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Like I really, I feel like I'm pretty good with that sort of stuff, and I cannot say her name. I've practiced. Yeah. Are you, so st-
1: many are you times. still? Uh, playing with her at all
0: um we haven't been torn as much she's been torn with some other guys but we have been doing a week at birdland the past like three years something like that and i just played on her on her last record i don't know when it's coming out but uh but yeah so we're we're always working together and always collaborating but uh not not in the way of like okay we're gonna go on the road for four or five days every week for the next six months
1: yeah sure is that like is that like Things are ramping back up after COVID. Is that the reasoning behind that? Do you think or did it start to dip down before COVID hit and oh. now you're functioning in a different way with her band?
0: Oh yeah, just functioning in a different way. So we we yeah. went to school together actually. We we're in the same class at SUNY Purchase and we've been playing off and on since then. So I guess I guess we met each other 17 years ago and okay. uh, yeah, wow. we've been playing off and on, you know, the the whole time. So, to me, that's like a lifelong friendship and musical partnership that, yeah, you, you, get a, you get something, you work together, then you go do some other things, and you come back when you have some new inspiration.
1: Yeah, dig it. Yeah. Cool. Hey, so I'm curious, like, when you went into Purchase, did you go in with the mindset that, like... I'm a whole musician. I play trumpet. I play piano. I sing. I am a composer. I'm a songwriter. I'm a lyricist. Mm. Did you go into school like that or no. was that? did that take time to develop?
0: No, no, that actually took time. Um, so my first instrument, which I never studied was piano. My parents both played a bit. My aunt was a, a gospel church musician and, and also a school music teacher. Um, so I just kind of started playing piano when I was like two or three, just, they put it in front of me and said, Hey, have fun. And my dad would put on all sorts of different music. Like I believe the first song I ever learned was a grateful dead song on the piano. Oh wow! I don't even know what it's called, but I, I know what it sounds like. Yeah, um, cool. yeah. And it went from there to, he put on some Herbie or some miles or Chick Corea, but he also loved things like Sly and the family stone and, mm-hmm. and James Brown and Aretha and all sorts of things, you know? So we just kind of, he would just put the music on we'd play along so i started by doing that and then i started playing classical violin because my brother was oh a-
1: that's right violin i saw that on your yeah list of instruments yeah yeah
0: so i started playing classical violin because my brother was playing classical viola and he's a bit older so i would always kind of follow him and the thing he did and then yeah, he started yeah. playing saxophone and i saw him with the jazz band and i was like oh i want to play a horn with him not even thinking like oh i could play the violin or i could play the piano i just wanted to kind of be you know in the same realm as him, even, even within the group. And so when I went to school, yeah, when I went to school, I had really been like focusing on classical violin and both classical and jazz trumpet. Mm -hmm. But I kind of knew in my heart that I was trying to be a jazz trumpet player at that point.
1: If, yeah. Yeah. So are, are the strings then on your uh, wake up and see the sun record? Is that you guys?
0: That is not me. Um, okay. because to be honest, I didn't play much violin from college until the beginning of the pandemic, but then wow. on my most recent record, which I made at home, that's me. Um, okay. and then I got an EP coming out that I play some strings on. And then I got a studio album that we've rec- recorded a couple of years ago, actually, that I haven't put out yet, but I might put it out. It's one of those things that just, uh, yeah, I'm just not ready for it yet for some reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's but, cool. But I mean, there, I, I dig that.
0: Yeah, there'll be a few things where I play violin on it for sure.
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that—the uh, string section record—and yeah, I, I just listening through your your discography in the last week or so. It's been fun to to kind of like you know your "When I Was a Child" record. It's like you've got guest singers that sing on the record, but I yeah. you're not—you don't sing on that record, correct? Right? Do you sing on that record? Yeah you're, yeah, you're correct. So then it's like the next one. Is it the next one? Is yeah. wake up and see the sun?
0: Yeah, yeah, you're. you're and then good. it's like
1: full on vocals, and but in this like jazz context, it seems. Yeah. It's a little bit more. You know, the the lines are a little more angular, and you've got strings on the record, and it's it, and it's got these like really great explorative jazz improvisation sections. Yeah. Um, and then moving to like all by myself. Is that all? Did you record all the instruments? Um, Is that why so- it's called that?
0: I, that's how it started. It's called that because that's the way it started and then I called in my bass player and drummer to play some things. So I okay. play some like a couple electronic bass things and some little just a couple electronic drum things, but they play the bass and drums and then I play the keys and the vocals and horns on it. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I was just sorry, testing out microphones actually for, for a sound engineer. And he was like, "Hey, can you try this microphone?" And so we just tried it on a few different instruments, and that's how the first track of that started. And we we're like, "Oh, ah, this is cool. Let's just let's just keep going." So that nice. that was like, you know, maybe two hours was the first track, and all I needed to do was add drums. And I was like, okay. "Wow!" I just was like, just screwing around. I, I it was a song that I had written, but I never really had played any of those lines or sang background parts or anything like that. And we just kind of kept flowing with it.
1: Cool. Yeah. That's fun. I like making records like that too. I mean, that's a I do a lot now like in my little space, yeah. you know. Uh and I try to I'm like trying to get it so that I can just walk in and turn things on and it's like my bass is plugged in and I've got some horn, you know mic set up for vocals and trumpet and whatever. You're better than uh, me.
0: My mine wasn't quite so set up. It was literally just like, okay, this this what we're doing today. Let's
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then Encouragement, um, which came out in 2021, Yeah, that record, now you've lost the, like at least on the genre list that I'm looking at, it says R&B soul and not jazz. So you're, and and it does feel like you're leaning heavier on that than on the jazz side, but there's still like trumpet solos and stuff like that. So why why the change in genre is that is that was that also a process for you internally in addition to being like well it sounds like this so i should call it this um
0: i think that i probably labeled it that just to try to get on playlists that maybe had more potential for growth um and I, i felt like i could reasonably put it there and people wouldn't be like oh that's not what this is um i would say my own personal feeling towards it was that my freshman year of college, I just remember listening to tons of music. So hmm. yeah, I think we're probably about the same age. I'm 35.
1: Yeah, I'm 38. I'm a little okay. bit older, but yeah. Okay. So, so when we were,
0: when we were growing up, you'd have to buy a CD or even a tape, you know, to, to yep. listen to it and to, to get the material. Like I remember hearing about people and they're like, okay, I need to go buy a CD of theirs so yeah, that I gotta save up money. Yeah, exactly. So Yeah, from a young age, I was like delivering this Sunday newspaper or like playing gigs, you know, like at nursing homes and parks and stuff around. I grew up in Syracuse, so I was just doing like gigs there and and little jobs here and there to try to get money to to buy CDs. Really, that was like my main motivation was Mm. to buy CDs and to try to just check out the material. And when I got to college, they had this thing that was like everyone on the same network could listen to each other's iTunes. And so I just went crazy with that. I was like, whoa, I don't I could just listen to someone else's iTunes and and yeah. I can, so I just went crazy and I went I realized that the music that I liked, like everything that I filtered through, everything that hit me the deepest was were the things that my dad played for me as a kid. So yeah. it was somewhere between soul, jazz, R and B, Funk, gospel. Mm-hmm. It was in this sort of realm. And I feel like that's when it really hit me that I understood, okay, this is my thing. It's not necessarily straight ahead jazz or traditional jazz or like, I love all of it, but my favorite jazz stuff is actually jazz fusion. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, I don't know. it, it, It hit me that that was, that's my, yeah, that's really like what I, the world that I grew up in. And, and so I understood that, but I was still in jazz school. And then I moved to New York and there's a really big, um, I don't know how to say it, but people people put a big importance on being able to play the what they call the tradition. I don't know where that begins and ends. Yeah,
1: yeah. but it's a tough one, man. That's yeah, because I'm
0: like, to me, tradition is like
1: you could spend your whole life on it, man, and never, never, you know, yeah, never get deep enough.
0: Yeah, because I'm like, okay, well, what what's the beginning of the tradition? Is it is it Louis Armstrong? Probably not, but I don't have recordings of the thing before that, and you know, where yep. where does that stop? You know, for our teachers, it usually would stop with people like Kenny Dorham, Freddie Hubbard, and Lee Morgan. But what I also realized was those were the people that were popular when our, when my teachers who were, say, like in their late 40s or early 50s, when they yep. were coming up. So, to me, my yep. tradition was Roy Hargrove and Nicholas Payton and Wynton Marcellus, you know? So, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, it just kind of hit me like, okay, the things that, that hit you... Are the things that really hit you and as much as I love the things from the past these other things were a part of my upbringing like they really helped to like raise me musically and Those were the things that hit me most so I was kind of caught between those two places of saying okay I need to know all the older stuff Like whether it's safe from like Freddie Hubbard or as far back as Louie I need to at least check it out because that's what people respect both at school and in, New, and in New York, and I feel like that's right. a way to, to work and just earn the community's respect, but in my heart, I kind of always felt like, okay, in the trumpet realm, it was those more modern guys, and in the musical realm, it was not necessarily even jazz, like you said. It was just so many,
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: it was so many things that I grew up with. Um, yeah. So I guess it kind of hit me freshman year, and I kind of had that feeling all through my New York years, but I, I think when I made Wake Up and See the Sun, it hit me oh, having an organ in addition to the piano is actually the sound I've always heard in my head for the music that I want to make, and I just never knew it before.
1: Yeah, interesting, just that texture.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was that. It was, it was the texture of the organ. It was also, I was singing on gigs before because I, I started songwriting, I would say sophomore year of college, I really got into writing. And mm. it was one of those things that the very first thing I wrote, it was a tune, not a song, but I still think it's good. When, I'm, yeah. when i hear it i'm like oh. so well, hold
1: on hold on so what's the difference between a tune and a song a song has lyrics okay
0: yeah yeah so so anyways um yeah the, the very first one i felt like oh i'm a natural at this like that just kind of worked you know yeah. whereas like there's certain other elements of music where maybe i feel like i have to work at it every day i, I feel that way about the trumpet technique thing just just yeah, having physical yeah. chops, even even lately I've been noticing this with fingerings, just like how how quick are you to, to nail every fingering and have that connected to your tonguing? Like for me, I realized, oh, that's not something I'm naturally good at. I need to practice Arvinds every day. But with yeah. the with the songwriting, I could just sit down and write a song. Like I, I don't know why, but it just kind of happened from the very first time, you know? Yeah, and- that's cool. And so that kind of also told me, okay, this could be a path for me as well. Like I love the trumpet and I would love to be as good as my heroes, but you know, maybe I'm not going to be as good as Arturo Sandoval or Winston Marcellus at, at the trumpet and that's okay. I got to find my way of yeah. of exploring it, you know?
1: Yeah. But what is, yeah. What is that anyway? I mean, like as good technically. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just mean technically. Okay. But yep Yeah. And then it's like. That's a losing battle. I mean, it's like you could try, certainly. Uh, yeah. But like in my mind, music making is the priority. I mean, it's like I want to have as much facility as I need to be able to access and conjure the things that I hear in my head, right? Absolutely. And that's it. If I can get there, I don't need to be able to triple-tongue, you know, four octaves or whatever like yep. Alan Vizzuti. It's like I can just do what I do.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I, to be honest, I still feel like there's things that I hear that the trumpet gets a little bit in the way and I'm still practicing every day and still working it out. Like I actually took a lesson with Kai Sandoval, if you know him, like
1: I know Kai. Yeah. Well, I mean, just from the internet stuff, but yeah, what a monster.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, just that one lesson with him has had me like it's kind of changed the way my face feels as i'm playing the trumpet where i'm like oh that's what you're thinking about that's what you're doing interesting yeah or or actually the the drummer in brass against his girlfriend came on on the end of our tour and she's a great singer her name is nora and nora is also a voice teacher in addition to being a great singer and she told me something that, that it's gonna sound so funny and maybe a little too graphic but it was like oh this is this is the thing that dizzy gillespie was talking about actually she says when you're when you're going to put out air as a guy you need to feel like you're holding your pee <laughs> and I'm like oh that's the feeling I never really accessed it that like at that place like really interesting I, I backed off it was always like kind of in my diaphragm but not really
1: yeah you know like but just like the kind I've never heard it put that way that's uh, when you go to play I'm and you feel that, that thing
0: I feel like how it opens up my whole diaphragm like You know, that thing of like, where you feel like you could take a breath, then you also feel like you could take a breath that opens up your entire thing. There's like, I'll take what's given to me. Like what's there or like, no, I'm going to open everything up. And that kind of changed that for me, you know? So even, even nowadays, I'm still learning new things, whether it's, you know, something where you're like, wow, did you really just say that? And, And then you realize like, wow, it's actually really helping me. Or like the things that Kai told me were so, they were so different. Like he actually had me move the mouthpiece to a different part of my face.
1: you know like yeah was that down did he have you come down less upper lip actually what he
0: had me do was i was just a little bit to the side and he was like man you have this space in your teeth you should be putting the air through that space so you should put the mouthpiece on your actual teeth
1: yeah that's faddis right faddis had that same yeah
0: yeah but faddis teeth are just so different like yeah i don't i don't know if i could access it the same way as him but kai was like hey man you need to put the mouthpiece on your teeth, see where it fits. Like it, there's a spot where it fits on your teeth, and yep, then put yep. the mouthpiece right there and let the air flow through there, like something like that. Where like, like wow, maybe for it was. It really only took a, a couple weeks that I felt a little strange, mm-hmm. but now I actually feel stronger because of it. You know, like
1: I mean, that's a pretty big. I mean, I would consider that to be. A substantial embouchure change, and you feel like after a few weeks you're you're good. It, you're like man, back to normal. I actually
0: played the Raskins tour like that, and we started the tour like two days later, and I I felt wow. fine. Like really, I don't know. There was something about the way that he described it and what I need to make happen. Well, I changed huh. my embouchure as a fourteen-year-old actually, and yep. that I didn't feel like I had the same amount of chops until I was probably nineteen or twenty. But yeah. this, after just having a greater knowledge of. What you need to do to make the sound happen on the instrument, I, yeah, I felt like it was a possibility. It, it didn't feel like, yeah. When I was fourteen, I was like, wow, I, I don't think I can get a sound to come out. You know, at the beginning, my teacher was right. I'm glad I did that because I had the mouthpiece. The top of the mouthpiece was on my top lip, like in the middle yeah, of my yeah, top yeah. lip.
1: Yeah, it can't be in the on the red. Yeah, and he was like,
0: man, I'm sorry, yeah. but like if you want to play trumpet, this is what you have to do. Yeah, and then that guy passed away after a few months of me changing my embouchure. I left wow. I laugh because because I'm, I'm like I was like stuck like oh no well this guy was helping me but. Th- thankfully now in Syracuse, gone. yeah, thankfully in Syracuse, there's like he was a serious guy who taught a lot of great cats, like really a oh, lot of serious. Cool. Yeah, his name was Elliot Tapalian, but he was an older man. He probably was maybe eighty three or eighty four when he passed, and I had studied yeah. with him for a year and. Then I studied with a guy named George Koble, who is an, and he was an incredible classical trumpet player, but mm. yeah, but he was helping this kid who he met in the middle of an ombrage for change, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, I've always felt like we're not ready for some of the things we learn when, when we go to music school, you know, when we go to the college for, for music or jazz, it's like, we learn some things, but it's not until five or six or 10 years later that you're like, oh feel like i understand what they were trying to say now or like oh, you yeah. hear it in a different way from somebody else and and you're like it, it just a light bulb goes off you know what i mean absolutely I've had that with harmony with bebop with you know it's like a lot of things where it's like i just wasn't ready yeah And it's like later on i was ready you know yeah
0: yeah that's that's very interesting yeah some things i felt like okay i know all this let's let's get going like when are we gonna learn something in class and then the other half I'm yeah. like, the other half i'm like yeah, yo but i cannot play these parts like, like, I know that we're supposed to play this in the big band right now, but, like, I cannot play this. This is, you know. Yeah. yeah. I definitely had both feelings.
1: Yeah. It's fun to be encountered with that. I mean, I was encountered with that as a professional. When I got the Young Blood Brass Band gig, it was like, oh, I have to, I have to, like, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta on double G. I've never been able to do that before. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I got to figure this out. know, It was just, like, out of straight necessity, you know, I was like, all right. Here we go. Yeah. You know, and somehow, somehow figured it out. And when you're touring like that band would tour for five, six weeks at a time yeah, and you're playing basically every night. So by the end of it, it's like, you figured it out even if you didn't have it going in. Cause it's for sure. You're like Hercules, you know, you're playing so loud and high every single night uh, for sure. Into some kind of routine. Yeah.
0: I've heard that from a lot of people that that's just like, whatever you had to do, that's the thing that you got good at, you know? And yeah, I, I wish that we would have understood that from a young age because then you just jump into the thing instead of being like, Oh, maybe I can tr- maybe try this. It's like, Oh, well, I have to do this.
1: Like, Yeah. Well, I think about that with students a lot. Like I work with a lot of students and a lot of students that come into like a, a, my job here at Michigan tech, where I run the jazz program, my students come from a lot of times small programs or they're not, and none of them are music majors. I have no music majors here. They're all like engineering majors. Wow. And it's like, Hey, let's just jump right into improvisation let's jump right and let's not think about it let's yeah. not you know it's like and especially if you if you can get to them in fifth sixth seventh grade and do that kind of stuff before they're self-conscious and worried about what people think yes. it's like the improvisation thing just happens and it's, and it flows and they and they gravitate towards it much much easier which I think is really interesting too
0: absolutely yeah it's that's a pretty wild thing for me to see. Cause that was part of my beginning of music was improvising even before yeah. understanding harmony or like even thinking of, Oh, I need to match the sounds with what I'm playing. I was like, all right, they're doing their thing and I'm going to do my thing. You know, like, yeah, to, to see some people who have an incredible musical skill, like an incredible musical level that, yeah, it's hard to just jump in.
1: Yeah. So yeah, yeah
0: you're right. To get people young is, is the way,
1: yeah, it's big. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, too, about your the the music you heard from your dad being the thing that's really influential for you and that you sort of gravitate towards now. And I, I had a really similar experience, too, with, with the music that my family grew up with. It's like my mom really loved the symphony, but my dad would listen to, like, The Temptations in Chicago and, yeah. you know, like... He'd be he'd turn on the James Bond theme and he'd be like, Get out your trumpet, Adam, play along, you know. Yeah. So it's like I was already playing stuff by ear, but I had like I had like doo in my ear and I had R and B and soul music in my ear because that's that's what he loved. And he loved yeah. classic rock too, but there was like a lot of that, that that like I denied for a long time as a part of my Musical development. I was like, no, I'm supposed to only transcribe Clifford Brown and uh, right. play trumpet. And I was like, no, I actually I love to sing and write songs and write lyrics and and that. Like you're saying, it's like that just comes out. It's like so why have I denied myself that? You know, it's like yeah. I'm starting to explore those things too uh, a little bit. And so it's really it's been inspiring to listen to your music and. And just look chronologically, and see the development, and like, oh man, this is this is rad. Yeah,
0: and I th- I think probably similar to what you what you said earlier, where it's like certain things set in a little later than maybe you heard them or you know yeah. you didn't fully understand them in, in the initial moment. Maybe we both felt that towards our own musical, uh, you know, creative process, where we had these things from a young age, which were a deep part of our of our identity musically, but we kind of fought them. Like, yeah. like, actually, I remember getting, my, my grandma mailed me two two CDs when I was in eighth grade. One was Ricky Martin, Livin' La Vida Loca. And I was like, I listened yes. to it once. And I, and I really, I remember being in eighth grade and listening to it once and be like, I don't really like this one. Yeah. And, then yeah. I, and then I listened to the next one and that was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication. I had never heard of them. Yeah. I knew the Ricky Martin song, but I didn't know the album, you know? I listened to the album and I was like, whoa, I love this. But I went to school where people were like, it's hip hop or nothing. (laughs) And so I actually, I had a guilty feeling towards this music that I was like, whoa, I love this music, but it's kind of rock and kind of funk or something. I don't know what it is, but like, it's definitely not something the kids at school are going to think are cool. You know, this is like eighth grade me. And I remember listening to it every day when I got home, like, okay, this is like, like, I, I also loved hip-hop and R&B, but I was really, like, that one hit me deeply yeah. for, for well, whatever dude, when, reason. when we were
1: growing up, I mean, hip-hop was, like, popular music. I, I've talked about that a lot, too, because, like, that's what I grew up listening to as well. I mean, like, or, yeah. or at least, like, because it was on the radio. Yeah. It was just, like, all, you know, it's, like, a bunch of R&B, Casey and JoJo, exactly. and all for one, and, like, Brian McKnight, but also... You know, Jay Z and, and Ludacris and Mace and Eminem, and you know, it's like all of that was happening yep. as America's popular Snoop Dogg, Tupac. I mean, it was like that was such a huge part of our growing up. It's, I feel like that finding its way into the music is sort of inevitable too, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There was something about it. I don't know. I, I, I guess as a kid in middle school, you're like, yo, I want to be cool. And I, and I genuinely like that, but then I heard this Red Hot Chili Peppers sing. I was like, oh, I like that, too.
1: Like, yeah. I don't
0: know what it is, but I really like it. The
1: Chilli, Chili Peppers are deep, too, and I think Flea's, like, really into jazz oh, as well, the bass player from Chili Peppers, right? Isn't absolutely.
0: I man. he actually plays on a couple tracks of Joshua Redman, uh album, Momentum.
1: Oh, really? Yes. I've listened to that album. Dude, that Nicholas Payton solo yes. on uh, Put, it in, uh, your put it in Your Pocket? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Stupid. One of my
0: favorites. Yeah. So <laughs> Flea plays on a couple tracks. Yo, okay, yo, I didn't that. He, he has that. a couple of moments where it's like, oh wow, that's that's like the real thing. Yeah, yeah, really. And he plays some trumpet cool. too.
1: I had heard that he was a trumpet player. Man, that's nuts. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, and that's just the thing, man. It's like we we you know we put everything into a box. We're like this is supposed to, ourselves included. We're we're supposed to be this. Yeah. You know, and it's like no people are a lot more than this one thing that you might think that they are or whatever. Absolutely. I I guess it's hard to know that in middle school, but
0: right. Right. And in middle school, I was thinking, okay, I need to fit into this box just the same way as in college. I was thinking I need to fit into this box to, to, you know, really like gain respect from my peers and, and the community and and start to work at the same time, purchase was a very, um, the, the motto of the school was think wide open. So we were doing a lot of different things, like whether it was stylistically in our music or to do performances with dancers or to, you know, do performances while people were making visual art or, you know, there was just a lot of different things happening. But even cool. even in the context of a place that said, think wide open, you still knew if I don't learn this jazz
1: stuff, I'm probably
0: not getting called by
1: the best cats at school. And that's what I want. Yeah, that's interesting, man. When we come back, we talk about Wayne Tucker's experience starting a regular live music series outdoors during the pandemic in New York City in Grand army plaza and i just want to take a quick second to tell you about the gig boss app the gig boss app is free on ios and android it's a way for you to organize your freelance or band leader career it's a great way of creating groups and creating events and organizing people and organizing details of events in the app you have a scrolling chronological feed of gigs and if you click on one of those squares so this is new this month if you click on one of those squares you can see everyone else who has accepted the invite to the gig you can click on their name and you can contact them so if you're like running late to the gig and you need to text somebody in the band or in the group that is there at the gig already their information is right there in the app we've recently added that you can add these things to your google calendar also you can pull up addresses and you can pull up uber or lyft so those things are all happening now in the app we're adding more stuff as we go we're going to start building the books side of the page, which is going to allow peer-to-peer payments, more in-depth financial tracking, merch sales, sending 1099s to people who you've paid more than $600 to, and stuff like that. So stay with us. It's getting better. Appreciate you very much for checking it out. We'll head back to Wayne now in our conversation about his creating a live music series during the pandemic in downtown New York City. Can you walk me through how that came about so this is like were you doing that before the pandemic no. came or was this like a okay so this was like a thing that happened kind of arose out of the madness yeah
0: absolutely so here in Brooklyn uh, everything was closed down and the park was the place to hang it was the only mm-hmm. place people went like literally mm-hmm. it was you know you might have some outdoor restaurants but even after you got your food people were bringing it to the park everyone was at the park and my drummer was saying, I, I was making her, the record encouragement in my in my room right here where I am now. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, man, we got to get out there. We got to play some music, like, because I miss playing with other people and for people.
1: And I was like, yep. Man,
0: I'm making this record. I feel totally good. I don't really need to go outside, you know. <laughs> and, he, and he he asked me a few times, and finally once, it's like, All right, man, I'll go do it. I'll, we can do it, you know, on Thursday, and that way you'll just leave me alone, you know, as I think. Yeah. So we got out there. It was just me, my bass player and my drummer. We played for like, I don't know, two hours. Made about a hundred bucks each. And people loved it. We sounded awful. Cause I had no chops. The bass player had no chops.
1: Yeah. We, we hadn't, hadn't been playing. We
0: hadn't been like, I'd been practicing, but I really hadn't been like playing. Yeah. And yeah, e- even tunes where it's like, Hey, do you know this tune? I'm like, man, it's been a, a while i don't know if i know that tune you know wow. so it was just a re- it was really funny like we thought we sounded awful but the joy that it brought to people was yeah was it was startling to me so we we're like okay hmm. that was so fun and we'll be better tomorrow let's go back tomorrow and we so you did it two days in a row it, yeah literally the next day and we were like let's bring my brother you know okay. like he's not doing anything right now like he'll have a good time and my brother also is in sales he plays saxophone but he also sells cutlery uh, okay. and so anyways he he had the foresight when, when we got to the park the first day we went to the place that had people chilling but also was a nice ambiance my brother mm-hmm. was like no, no 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 we're going to the place <laughs> with the most foot traffic
1: yeah where all the people are that's like right.
0: it doesn't even matter if they're standing if if no one stays there i don't care if they stay I just want them to yep. drop a dollar in the bucket, even if they keep it moving. But some people yep. are going to stay, and they're going to create this whole thing. He knew; he just yep. saw the vision of that. So he's the one who said, "Hey, let's go right here." And so that the place where we stand is the the main entrance. There's a few different entrances, but this is the very like main looking entrance of the park. Yep. Um, and so from there, you know, we sounded a little bit better, and we made a little bit more money. And the next day, we're like, "Okay, let's go do it." And we just saw it was a combination of getting better as a group, getting better individually and seeing how much it uplifted and moved people. And then it brought yeah. the community together. Like we notice how, okay, this guy who was here a few days ago is now taking a walk with this other person who we, who we met here. And then they tell us, Oh yeah, we met here at your concert. You oh, know, cool. And then you just start to see how everybody is starting to know each other every day that we go to play. And it yeah. just became a thing where we arrive at our, at the place where we go to play and there's people waiting, you know, with blankets and, and picnic wow. baskets and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I guess we <laughs> were really needed here, you know? And when people would Venmo us.
1: Oh, that's beautiful, man. Yeah.
0: It was a process. So at the beginning, we just went out there with, you know, what a bass drum case to collect money. Then mm-hmm. at some point, my brother was like, okay, we should make
1: a sign that has our name yeah. on it. Oh, sandwich board. I was going to ask when the sandwich board came into play. Yeah.
0: So that was maybe a week into it. And that was our drummer also loves to make visual art. And so he was like, "Okay, I want to draw us a sign. And he drew a sign. But the thing is, it just wasn't heavy enough to withstand the wind. And so my brother being the the guy he is, he was like, let me do some research. And he saw that you could order a sign on signs dot com. So, there you go. <laughs> so for 75 bucks, we got a sign that's heavy enough to withstand the wind and artistic, but also legible and yeah. and with a QR code on there as well. know, right. so it was like in the first like couple hours, we got more than an extra 75 bucks to pay for the sign.
1: And yeah, it just, yeah,
0: so that was one thing. Then it was like, okay, we should get, we should get a light for the sign. So then when it's getting to be dusk, people can still see that. Then it's like, okay, well, you know, we ha- we're playing acoustically, but it might be cool to have our keyboard player play. And I know it's, it's not technically legal to play music with, without amplific- or with amplification without a permit in New York, but we saw some other people doing it in the park. And, and my best friend, I knew he had some battery powered amps. So it's like, okay, let's hit him up. Maybe I can sing a bit when we get an amp. And our, me and my brother's roommate, David, is a great keyboard player. You know, and I had played a lot with him in the past, but in the years leading up to the pandemic, he was always on tour. So even though we hmm. lived together, we never really even saw each other.
2: Yeah. Much yeah. less
0: to get to play together. And so he was like, Oh man, I'm like I've been itching to play. I see what you guys do every day and like I want to get out there. So as yep. soon as he got out there, it became a whole other thing. You know, and wow. Yeah. And then we realized, oh, having two keyboards is actually really cool in the band, just like on Wake Up and See the Sun we have Oregon and and then some keyboard and piano. And then we yep. we found another cat, you know, who was who was staying in the city and someone who we played with a lot, Addison Fry, to come and play, you know, the other keyboard part. And the two of them, they actually they had gone to Juilliard at the same time. Maybe back to back. I don't know. They I, I just knew that they knew each other, you know, through Juilliard and that they would they were gonna be cool. You know. Yep, yep, it's like yep. inviting two trumpet players to play on a gig. It's like it might be weird, but <laughs> not if the cats are cool. <laughs> you know? And they just went like, it just melded. And, you know, so the whole thing, yeah, it was a, it was a step-by-step process where it was like, okay, let's go play. Okay. Now let's get a better spot. Let's, let's find a better way of making money. Let's find a better way of producing the sound, like whatever it was, it it just, yeah. Step-by-step it kind of grew.
1: So I was going to ask about the permit situation. So, so the permit situation is only if it's Amplified you have to have a permit Did you guys end up getting a permit then no
0: we did not get a permit. Um It it, I remember looking into it and it was kind of impossible to get a permit Like just like it was either something like you need to be a veteran or you need to have some sort of like I don't know some sort of like Thing that you need to win. I don't know It was just like you can't just go out and you can you can reserve one for a couple of hours Yeah, like three months in advance but I'm like, I can't pay $200 for a permit and then to find out that it, it's going to rain that day.
1: Yeah, totally. You know what I mean?
0: It was just like to get a full-time yeah. permit, you have to be a veteran, but to get the partial permit is really expensive
1: and it's so far away. this advanced. is something that like everybody needed. Yeah. You know? It's like, did, did anybody ever come and, and that, that would be somebody that would shut you down and just hang and watch and listen? Um, Did you ever experience that?
0: Yes. You know what? We actually had... There was apparently one person who would complain about the bands even inside of the park (laughs) there was like literally like they'd be this is a huge park and if you're outside of the park you would no way hear anything that's happening inside of the park but they'd walk around the park to survey and see if any bands because there would be like five or six bands in the park often and wow. yeah, yeah. It became a whole thing. Part of it was just that that was the place to go play. But part of it, people told us that they saw us doing the thing and they were like, man, we got inspired to go out and play, you know, okay. which I, I thought it was cool. I'm like, hey, as long as you're not standing under a spot, I don't really care. Like,
1: yes, you know,
0: go, like, go make money. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Like everyone can yeah. uplift people. Everyone needs it. So there was one person yeah. who would complain about all the bands, but we actually, I, I know that, you know, there's a battle between the reasonable human beings of society and the police, generally speaking. But I yep. gotta say, the two guys who were on patrol there in that area, they understood. They're like, hey, we have this person complaining, they're just kind of a pain, but uh, we see what this is doing and we actually like it. We dig your music, yeah. we wanna come see you guys play a, a show when things are open again. And So they would That's actually, great. yeah, they'd be very lenient with us. We had a great experience with them. We're like,
2: hmm.
0: which is contrary to any, any other experience that I would say that that I I probably have had in New York with the cops. Like not not that they're necessarily always like, you know, going out of their way to to abuse their power, but you're on eggshells with them, you know?
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: And I've never really had an experience where I went, Oh wow, you actually really helped us. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And like I actually felt that. And I talked to some of the other bands and they said the same. They're like, Yeah, those guys were like they were really cool and really helpful. And uh, nice, yeah, so yeah. we actually did have that happen. And I know that in parks all around the city that was kind of happening, that people, mm. they were, yeah, they, they were lax about drinking outside. They knew that people just needed to go outside and be able to do something. And so they would let people drink mm. outside. They would, you know, people behaved about as well as I could ever imagine. I would have predicted worse. They'd yeah. say, hey, <laughs> let's amplify the music and let people drink outside.
1: I'd have yeah, been like, whoa, like. like what well, could happen. Yeah. I'm
0: like, I, I think I'm a pretty relaxed person, but like, I see the potential for disaster, but actually I was totally wrong. Everything was great. Yeah.
1: Cool. So what kind of impact, you know, you mentioned that you were making your encouragement album and you were cool. You were like, I'm good. I'm going to stay inside. Yeah. And I, I think mentally a lot of us were in that place, like, like, uh, like, like, I don't know what this is. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how deep deep into the pandemic we were but at least initially it was like i don't want to go anywhere so what what kind of impact did it have on you personally to to be pulled into that and continue doing it
0: um for me it gave music a deeper purpose than myself or my friends Mm. like really i think from the beginning music was a communal experience for me uh just with family really at first it started with family and then it was with like friends and with people at church and stuff like this so it brought me back to the beginnings the very first thing that i played for uh after you know people started going back outside a bit um was Mm -hmm. a black lives uh, matter protest and we would play something and people would chant the same you know the same melody back and we'd we'd play something and they chanted back and i was like oh wow this is why i would play music it's not about how killing you are it's about this thing of like, it signals war, it yep. welcomes the king and queen, it, you know, helps people to protest, it helps people to celebrate, it, yep. it's a ceremonial. Process
1: emotion, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's just, it, it's a much deeper thing than, than self, which in some way in our field, you have to think about yourself a lot, otherwise you're not going to survive, but it showed yeah. me that, okay, I can actually survive even better. It's like game theory or something, you know, where like if Hmm. if both people are looking out for themselves, the ultimate outcome is less than if you both look out for each other. And so there was something about it. Yeah, there was just something about it that it hit me like, okay, even the days that I'm tired or the days where it might be cold, I thought about those people who came up to us or who texted me or wrote me on Venmo or something and said, Hey, I really needed that, you know, it's been a really hard week. Like, I yep. look forward to you guys every day. Like, whatever it is, when you go, oh, are we really going to go do this? Do I want to carry these drums? Like, do I want to yep. carry these amplifiers? Because you can't park very close to there. So, it's it's a it was like a workout going there and back. Like, really. Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes you're like, wow, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. Oh, no, they need me. It's not about if I'm going to be killing today. <clears throat> like, I'm probably not going to be, but it doesn't matter. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah. And I carry, I think that feeling is carried through me. Like even today, we haven't been back to the park in months. Like we just been too busy and people go other places now. So we, we tried it a, a few months back and there just weren't many people there. Like there's, yep. there's some people there, but it's not, it's not going to do the same thing that it did. And, and yeah. that's okay. Cause we've, we've carried that same feeling through through every show that we play now. Where really, like, I've learned how to make it a more communal experience. And I'm someone who I don't love, for example, I I don't love going to a show or being at a show where they say, hey, let's do the thing where the audience sings now. And I'm like, I'm like, that's kind of corny to me, but I understand everyone else is happy. I'm not going to be so salty about it. I'm like, all right, cool. That's the part of the show where it's that what I'm going to choose. So like with my band, we don't do that. With some other bands, I can understand why you do that. You know, like I totally, So, how
1: do you make it a communal experience? Like you said, you brought, you bring that community aspect. What kind of things did you change in like a club show setting Mm -hmm. that involves the community more?
0: Uh, I would say one thing is that I really talk about the songs. Um, I tell people exactly what they're for and not just from the perspective of myself, like, for example, we have a song that we made together. That's called gratitude. And I tell people that it is a song that we actually created all together. And that it's a meditation because we just repeat the same thing over and over again. And this, mm. and then I ask people if they're ready for us to all meditate together. And I see yeah. the people are like, they're really like, oh wow, like this guy's like, sometimes they laugh and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is funny. I know it's like a weird thing to ask you guys, but I'm being dead serious, you know, like we're going to yeah. cleanse ourselves of all of our, all of our wrongdoings and our, and our mal, mal practices and bad, you know, judgments towards others and, and you know, we all yeah. laugh together. Yeah. So it's just that thing where it's like, oh, we're all gonna do something together. It's not just me playing at you. You know, right. Or like there's a an arrangement we have of four where we all kind of do that same thing where I play one riff and then my brother plays a riff that's totally different than me. And mm. then the keyboard player and then the drummer and the bass player and then we all do different things at the same time. And, mm-hmm. and I say, okay, like, can you imagine, you know, how it would feel to add your element of, of you know, what you would say in this moment. So my riff literally, I go, <laughs> and the bass player is, and it just, everyone has their thing that you do the same thing over and over again and to see yep. how people can find their own space in it, whether they're just mouthing something to themselves or bopping along to it where it's like, oh yeah, it's not just us going, check out how killing it is. Yep. It's like, it's like, oh, imagine if we were in a community, right now This is a community of five or six of us, but imagine if it was a community of everyone doing their own thing on their own path, coexisting in a beautiful yep. way that works out with each other, you
1: know? yeah and, which is like a metaphor for real life as well exactly you
0: know? exactly so yeah. it's, it's things like that i also think that we play shorter songs um mm. with less solos but maybe more events so it's like okay you solo over this section and you solo over this section and then we're gonna break it down and just sing the same thing together for a few minutes you know like just yeah. just where you get people in these different vibes and it's like oh you are really considering us when you're making this music it's not like you go and now you go and now you go and everyone's telling their story. No, we're delivering, we're bringing you to a to a beautiful place, to to help you forget about whatever's been troubling you. You know, to, to yep. me, that's the thing that I, I had that in my head before the pandemic, but I really experienced it in the pandemic, and I felt like I I saw the ways of creating the atmosphere to really give people that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, man, and, that's beautiful. Yeah, so I guess it's just an act of giving more than uh, than. Receiving is the wrong word, but we're just trying to give to people even more than we're trying to uh,
1: to solo. And you're include you're including, you know, it's, it's like you said, you're not playing at them. Yeah. It's like, it's like this communal experience more. That's really cool. Exactly. I think a lot too about like creative music being hard for people to, to digest. And if you're good about communicating... About what you do and or how you do it or what to listen for those sorts of things like like what you're describing, it's like it really brings people in and it makes people kind of tune in. You know what I mean? Exactly. In a different kind of way, you know. I
0: can imagine myself even like in another avenue of art, like say to go see a modern dance piece or to go look at some modern visual art, where I might go, okay, that creates a certain atmosphere for me or, or tells me a certain story, but like I don't know, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I'm, you know, like I've even had those questions people ask you, like, am I listening for the right thing? Or like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how's it supposed to make me feel?
2: Like,
0: I feel like, yeah, even for artists, like to give people like, like sometimes we even, we need the guidance. So to give that to people who really don't know anything about it is even more important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then we're not just making music for, people who study jazz which is a losing battle you know in general
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: yeah cool well i saw i saw too that um you you had played with your dad a little bit on some of those concerts and yeah and i think you mentioned i lost my dad 2009 it was sudden and unexpected and you know sorry to hear that i yeah thanks I, i i saw that one of his final performances was with you on the street yes. that must be a meaningful I mean that must you must really cherish that moment I mean that's such a cool yeah thing to have experienced before yeah you know you
0: know what to me in that moment it I had no idea you know I would say that it wasn't completely sudden that my dad passed but I kind of I kind of felt it for about a month
2: you yeah.
0: know I I went and I I had gone to play a show in Syracuse and I saw him and I was like ah, oh, dude you're really not doing well like And and he's like, oh, you're just tripping. I was like, man, I know you, (laughs) you know, like I can see this, this ain't going well. Like we got to do something, you know?
2: Yeah. And,
0: and yeah, anyways, so that was probably three months before he passed. So for, you know, this was, so I, I didn't really know in that moment. I just, I remember that day because it was special. We set up in a different spot, which was actually right in my neighborhood. It was hmm. like, yeah, that place, like I live about a 25 minute walk from where we would normally play. And this was a eight to 10 minute walk from where, from my, my place. And okay. so we were hitting people like, that I see on my street and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is special, you know? And my dad met a few of my friends and I just remembered how people gathered around that day. Just the formation that it made was, it was really cool to me. It wasn't like scattered people. It was yeah. like people formed a semicircle around us. And I was yeah. like, oh, I kind of remember this vividly, you know, and I remember the conversations my dad had with people. I remember him dancing with a friend of ours and I remember being like, this is so hilarious, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like, like, of course he's that guy. Cause no one else was dancing in that moment. But he was like, we got to get this going. And it's like, yeah. we got to make this happen. So he's like, I'm, I'm going to lead it, you know, and people got into nice. it. I just kind of remember that. And the fact that it was captured on video was the thing that, that like, in our childhood, we didn't have things that were on video. I don't. I can count on my hands the number of things that I've seen. Not even that I have, but just that I've even seen where, where there's a yeah. videotape of us. And I grew up playing as much sports as music. So like, whether it was like a basketball or a soccer game, or like me and my brother have a couple dance performances that we were, you know, that were videotaped as little kids. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they're very good. They're probably quite okay. humorous. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, you know, it was a special event to have something videotaped. And to right. me, I'm like, wow, if and when I have kids someday, it's great that I have that thing to show them, like, hey, this, this was your grandfather. You know, I would like, yeah. I've actually just thought about that more than anything else. Where I'm like, wow, I just kind of feel lucky that I'll have the memory, but just that I have a videotape of the experience. Hey, we used to play outside uh here's yep. a new york times article from when we did that here's some videos oh and here's one where your grandfather
1: actually played with us yeah like, that's very cool to, man. to me it's that's special. actually the
0: main thing that i have thought of it's like
1: yeah yeah well i mean when i lost my dad it we, my wife and i hadn't had kids yet and it was like my dad loved kids you know and he was great he was big into sports i grew up playing sports too I played basketball all the way through high school okay and, almost walked on in college but i started practicing trumpet like eight hours a day and i was like i guess i'm not going to be playing basketball anymore i almost i almost (laughs) walked
0: on in college too but oh wow but to be honest with you i didn't even play on the high school team (laughs) oh really (laughs) no i say i say that because i would just go to the gym and play and and the people on the team were like dude we need you on the team and i'm like no i'm I'm good like i've seen you guys you guys are really bad this is, yes. <laughs> it was SUNY purchase. Okay. So I'm not saying yeah, that it yeah. was at Syracuse University. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I, say, I said it jokingly, and I'm like, I almost walked on, but like, they, yeah, our team was so bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. We, uh, I played, you know, in high school, I played traveling, traveling like ball and stuff, but AU. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We won the whatever championship game in Peoria, Illinois. Oh, okay. Uh, as as eighth graders. And then it was, you know, then I continued to play traveling all through high school, but, um, yeah. peaked in eighth, peaked in eighth grade. That's
0: I understand you. I I, I actually <laughs> feel the same way about, well, actually no, this last tour, I got much better at basketball and now I have an adult mind. I just played basketball on this 11 week yeah. tour every day. I found a, a court in whatever yeah. city I was in. Google maps really hooks it up in that way.
1: Yeah, man. I, you know, I, play, I actually play a lot still and I, I, uh, I was always good, man. I could always play. I could always shoot. Yeah. See the floor, but I, but the reason I say that is because like, man, when when my dad passed, the thing that I thought about was like, Oh, he's not gonna be able to play catch with my boys, and he's like, I've got two boys now. It's like he's not yeah. gonna be able to watch. The, you know, he's a huge Steelers fan. He's from Pittsburgh. My mom's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. So it's like it's like we're not gonna be able to watch football together. So it was those things really that. Uh, hurt the most, you know. It's like I have obviously I have all these memories, and we do have a lot of video of us from when we were kids and yeah, from when, you know when I was in high school. I did, I got I actually brought a camcorder to back to my house just before my dad died, like the year before my dad died. I brought a camcorder and I filmed him saying a bunch of stuff. I didn't know, I didn't know that he was gonna be gone, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's like we have it's like we're lucky to have that stuff for sure, yeah.
0: That's I'm, I'm glad. Cause if my dad had passed in 2009, I really don't know. Like, yeah, there'd be a couple performances of my dad. That's it. Yeah. That's it. There'd yeah. be nothing of him just like talking and telling us stories. But now on my phones, I, you know, yep. That's really what it is.
1: Yeah. It's cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Hey, so I'm curious, uh, what you got coming up. You said you recorded some stuff, uh, for surreal. Do, do you have, yeah. you're working on another record yourself?
0: yeah 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 so we have a record that is almost done um that we made in the studio all together the band that we played outside
2: oh which is my
0: band like before that it was like yeah i would play with those guys and we had a band but now there's slightly different members because a couple people left Mm. the city and then i added some other people um and that, that was really our pod I should say of people that I was hanging out with. Remember when it was like, Oh, you can safely see a few people. If you only right, see each other, right. that was my pod. Yeah. you know. Um, yep. So we have a record that we're going to finish up. We have literally probably, we got to sing one, one lead vocal, a few background vocals and some percussion, everything else is done. Um, nice. And then my guy who mixes and masters, he is, I don't use this lightly. He's literally a genius um you should check out his speakers his monitor company um huh. yeah I'll, what I'll, is it let me uh... man i am spacing right now as to what they're called but i'm gonna find it and send it to you all right cool i yeah. will link oh, it in the show oh, notes I, know for I know what to... it is i know what it's called yeah. x machina
1: x machina yeah x machina okay that
0: the the monitors are unbelievable so he, he
1: like designed yes. them and builds them? Yes. Okay. Unbelievable. My students here at Michigan Tech do that. They they take like a transducer theory class and they have to build speakers as part of the He'd be a great person to talk to.
0: He'd be a cool. great person to talk to. Like he just has so much knowledge. He studied physics, but yep. he decided he wanted to be a sound engineer. Um, yeah. Cool. Just uh, unbelievable. And he he can mix and master things like... He'll do that in two days or something like that, you know? Um, So basically, that's going to be ready as soon as he has a moment for us to get in the studio, which he's just such a busy guy. I texted him yesterday. So we're hoping for in a month to get in there, lay down the the last things. I've got another thing, just a four-song EP that I made at home right after I made Encouragement. But I actually think these songs are better. I don't know. There's something about them that, that I'm like that's that's it like i never thought i'd write a song as good as as the last track of uh of wake up and see the sun called little buddy but i have a yep, few yep, on these that's
1: great little buddy's great thanks
0: on these two albums yeah on, on the the ep and the and the full studio album i think there's songs that are just as good i really think that yeah. there's a few that i'm like oh yeah that's that's it like that's
1: but also, man. Exactly. I'm having jamming to that, oh, man. and then when it goes to the the major yes. chord at the end, when it, well, I was like, Ooh. yeah, thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah, that one I was just pissed off, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like, I was like, "fuck" is one of the earliest words in the record. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. It's like, all right, we're changing the tune here, all right? Yeah,
0: I was like, and I tried to, re- to be honest, I tried to replace it. There is nothing that works, like (laughs) at least that I found. There's nothing that really that you go, okay. that's it. That's the same essence. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, the four song EP is being mixed right now by a a great drummer who became a sound engineer recently. Um, And he's so excellent at it that I was like, I got to ask my man to hear his perspective. And he actually sent me one of the tracks uh, just before we hopped on here. So I'm going to listen to it right after, like a mix. Oh, nice. So yeah, I, awesome. my plan was just to say, okay, here, everyone, here's an EP, enjoy it. And then to really promote the album. So cool. those are the next things. Tonight I'm playing with some guys that I don't know. Maybe you know them. Adam Chase is a drummer. I saw he's got a brother Adam Chase. with the same last name. We were playing for the James Brown dance party at Brooklyn Bowl tonight. Oh, uh, cool. Fred Thomas is playing bass. I've never played with them. Nice. So I'm like, wow, that's like... A, an honor to me you know to
2: to
1: play with a cat like
0: that um the horn players jay rodriguez and mark williams i don't know if you know them but
1: i don't know yeah
0: yeah i i've only worked with jay once on a wedding gig i see that he plays a lot of cats like like old school cats like heavy cats mark played played or plays in the basie band and has for a long time um player
1: Yeah, so yeah, I had uh, Chris Johnson on the podcast. Beautiful, Basie band for a while. Beautiful, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I know who he is. I have not met him, but I I definitely know who he is.
1: Yeah, really good dude. Yeah, yeah, great player, great player, amazing arranger, man. I've 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 seen saw him do some. Oh, incredible man.
0: I've seen. Yeah, so I'm doing that tonight. I don't often play with people I don't know these days. It's very rare, like very, very rare. So like that's tonight. Interesting. My band tomorrow playing at the Roxy Hotel playing a, a marijuana party on Saturday. Right. Yeah, weed is legal in New York. And I'll go, be man. playing Come on. Yeah, with my band on Saturday afternoon, doing a wedding Saturday night, playing with my band outside on Sunday afternoon and playing for a private social club with my band on Sunday night. So like, I wow. just play a lot with my band and, and then I got a tour with Brass Against next week on the West Coast. So yeah, basically that's what I do is my band and brass against, uh, there's a few other things that I do where I really know the people, but like, yeah, it's almost all that these days.
1: Awesome. Yeah. it's great. Well, we'll link, uh, we'll link all your stuff in the show notes. We'll link brass against and some of the other stuff that you're doing. Uh, dude, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, man. This was awesome, Oh
0: man. It's a pleasure to get to know you a little better. I've, I've seen, like, like you said, we met at the show and I actually told my girl, I was like, yeah, I met him at a show, and his wife was like, "Yeah, my husband's a trumpet player," and I, I was neither dismissive nor like, "Oh wow, I'm so enthralled." I was like, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel genuinely. Like, that's cool. You play trumpet. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Like, you're automatically yeah. my boy because of that." And then I heard him online. And I was like, "Damn, babe, he's like really killing. <laughs> like, like really. <laughs> oh, thanks, like, man. Come on. Yeah, no, seriously though. Like, I, I've seen your stuff, and I'm like, wow." You've inspired me too, like when I just see some of the things you can get to come out of the horn, I'm like, and just that you do a lot of things. Because I noticed that yeah, either people yeah. do a lot of things like we do, or they're really good at the horn. And I'm like, my man is good right. at both. I got more work to do, babe. <laughs> so yeah, come on. No, no, I'm serious. I just wanted you to know that. like,
1: Oh, thank the, you, man. The, the
0: respect and the admiration is mutual, sincerely.
1: I appreciate that very much, man. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Adam. Well, thanks, dude. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll connect again. Absolutely. All right, peace, man. Fan. Yeah, peace.